you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. We have a chance to get everybody reset. Rodgers keeps balls out and recovered by Philadelphia and Brandon Graham. Big play was made by Derek Barnett. Rodgers flushed out to his right. End zone incomplete for Graham. And the Eagles will take over with nine minutes left and the ball sitting at their one. Second down, in the air, and picked off by Bradham. Philadelphia will take over. As Malcolm Jenkins and Craig James just into the ball game combined to knock it up into the air, and Bradham gets the interception to, in essence, end this night. You never know who's going to make the game-winning play. That was Eagles defensive back Craig James elevated off the practice squad. He tips the ball to Nigel Bradham, and they somehow stopped the locomotive. That was Aaron Rodgers on Thursday night football, 34-27. to The Eagles get a circle of the wagons win to right the ship at 2-2. Two and two. Alshon Jeffries hopping around. Deshaun Jackson's out of this game. They lose a couple defensive backs, and they find a way to get it done despite trailing 10-0 early. What a massive victory for the Eagles, and, and what a disappointment for how it ended with the Packers. I thought this was the, the full football experience in America. You had big plays. You had one quarterback transcending injuries and lack of talent around him. You had a defense overcoming their own injuries and mm. staying in the game. 
We're losing our minds over stupid rules and penalties. You're uh, losing your mind. Uh, I was fine. We'll get into that later. Guys <laughs> carted off the field. Uh, tension released throughout the game. And then a big play to end it and seal it for the Eagles. Yeah, a little anticlimactic, as is uh, me telling the listeners right now that we're at West Manor. And uh, my name is Greg Rosenthal. And I'm with Chris Wesley. It's just the two of us tonight. Although we, we do have the paramour in the house, Jimmy Graham's biggest fan just sitting right next to us uh you know she's a real fan when she's still a fan after that performance and you know uh i'm not a real fan when i'm you know or a real host at least when i'm introducing the game this late there's so many ways we can go in this game it was fascinating it was kind of the thursday night classic we're we're waiting for you know these fox games they give them they give fox the great matchups and and this one delivered but matt lafleur didn't deliver i don't think with his play calling i i I'm hesitant to kill the guy on a night where they did put up 491 yards. The offense was better, but I thought his decision to run on first and second down very often early in the game, especially in the red zone when they were up 10 to 7, really gave the Eagles a break. And then all these established the run teams, they get near the goal line and they just love passing the ball. It, you have four chances on the goal line on an earlier fourth down drive. You end up having six plays. In two different drives in the fourth quarter, inside the five, they did not give Aaron Jones the ball on any of them, and I I think LaFleur is going to get a lot of questions about that. I think he should get questions about it because he was in his own head. I I Mm. thought he he kept calling first down runs that went nowhere early in the game. Even in the second half when they were trying to come back, he was still doing first down runs that weren't working when – Everything Rodgers and Devontae Adams were doing was – every time they went at, at Maddox, it was working. So I thought he got it in his own head, especially in light of Aaron Jones. Three times in the last two games, he succeeded in that situation, including mm. earlier in the game. He's really shown well as a goal back. Just as problematic in that sequence to me is, is just the lack of Jimmy Graham's ability to make a play. Ooh. With multiple chances to do it. Why he, you got to do that to him? This happened all year last year. And we went into the offseason, many of us believing this team needs help in the receiving core. And the Packers told us what they thought of that opinion by not bringing anybody in. And I think, you know, as much as they're still getting used to their offense, still getting cohesive, still how seeing how things fit together, it's fair to wonder if they overrated their own players. Yeah, it's it's not a crushing loss. They're at 3-1. and one. And Eagles fans, we will get to all the good things about your team in a minute, but we're, we're just talking Packers for now. Two of the big problem areas they had coming into this game were their run defense. They gave up 176 yards tonight. You know, credit to the Eagles and their offensive line. They're a lot to deal with. And Jordan Howard, I think, makes sense on this team as, as a role player. He's not going to be their every down back. I think Miles Sanders, uh, who also was very good tonight, uh, is ultimately more important. But Howard fills a nice niche for them, and he ran really hard. That rush defense is an issue. And then the lack of depth, as you mentioned. They didn't really have anyone going into this game other than Valdez Scantling and Adams that had over 70 yards on a season, which is outrageous. And they played your boy Robert Tanyan more than Jimmy Graham last week, uh, or, or very similar. They played Mercedes Lewis even more. And so they're going to have to figure, like, who other than those two guys you would think Geronimo Allison w- would be it, or who knows? Allison had that Teams n- get a little crazy with this tra- trade deadline these days. Like, this is a team I think could use a little a little pick-me-up at the receiver position. They do. it With Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers, it's so hard for him to get that rapport with his guys that he trusts. Mm. I thought Allison looked great on those back-to-back plays, you know, obviously late in the second quarter to move the sticks and then score the run or score the touchdown. But this offense, I agree with you. They need to do something at the trade deadline. They don't have what it takes. So 
I uh, wrote down the words push and pull on my notes. I couldn't figure it out. I embarrassingly stopped down on our first try of taping because I thought I remembered what it was, and then I couldn't. And I'm going to make Eddie Spaghetti back in the studio, you know, have to fix, fix it up because of that. But I've got it. You know what it is? I've been waiting a while for this. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> it's the push and pull of, like, what the Packers offense used to be. And Aaron Rodgers kind of making his own plays by improvising. And what Matt LaFleur wants to do. And you almost could feel during this game, Matt LaFleur just had to recognize the obvious of, let's get in shotgun a little more, which is what Aaron Rodgers likes to do. I think the Packers are second in the league in in snaps under center this year. Uh, Let's quit it with these early down runs and and the running game that we'd like to have because it's not happening. And let's let Rodgers do what he does because – this game was a carbon copy for the Packers in that their scripted plays early were great. They went up and down the field. LaFleur's and Rodgers have really been on the same page with that and been dynamite. And then they failed to score after that. But when Rodgers was moving the ball and he had one of the prettiest touchdown drives you ever want to see in the third quarter, that was mostly Rodgers kind of just making plays. You know, that he was evading pressure and he was doing his thing and he had his boy, Devontae Adams, to do it. And that, to me, is the old... Packers offense, and that's the push and pull, Chris Wesseling, between who's in control of this group, whose offense is it really going to be. Tonight it was Aaron Rodgers' offense, and it was ultimately better. Well, nothing I've seen from Matt, as Mark would say, the flower so oh. far would lead me to believe that they're in better hands with his, with his offense than Aaron Rodgers. Mm. He, he overcame Alex Light, who came in for Brian Balaga, and was an immediate clear downgrade. And I, I thought Aaron Rodgers started looking at his right tackle on every play after that, wondering where the pressure was coming from. And for him to escape and keep making plays on the run, it was awesome. his own legs and then throwing the ball on the run. It, it was one of those vintage Rodgers, uh, as I said on Twitter, just the rising tide lifting all boats in that game, not just on his team, I, but the referees, Al Riveron in New York, the other team. I mean, Ke- Keisha put it well. I mean, she was saying how much she enjoyed talking to Aaron, like watching Aaron Rodgers just like that. He made it look so easy. Yeah. You said, I wish I had that arm. <laughs> yeah, Keisha does have a microphone. I'm doing a bad job not leaning over. But yeah, just he makes it look so easy. And it is fun to have this Aaron Rodgers back in our life. So I hope they do open it up a little more. But let's get to what I think was a gutsy performance by the Eagles. Because if you really look at it, Alshon Jeffries on one leg. Kevin King shut him down. Nine targets, three catches, 38 yards. Not the same. Dallas Goddard's banged up, two for 16. Nelson Aguilar, I think he's, he hung out with the, uh, with the uh, unlike Aguilar guy back in Philadelphia. <laughs> I don't know if he made the trip. He had, he had one target in this game. Matt Collins didn't do it. Your number one receiver is your tight end, Zach Ertz. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz made a lot of big plays. Had had one or two misses, but for the most part was was really good. And you find a way through special teams with Miles Sanders making a big play. You find a way with red zone defense, uh, just enough pressure, and a really good running game. And most importantly, I think old Dougie Peterson. In the end, offense wins. I know. I know. I said it again, but Doug Peterson. Had it had his way with Mike Pettin. I think they had a plan going into this that they saw some things in the way that the Packers defense gets so complex. I don't even really know what it is, but they were confident. I think going into this game that they could uh, make some plays, and they did offensively. And I still trust this coaching staff. Ultimately, I'm not surprised 
between these two organizations in a game the Eagles just ha- kind of had to win that they just found a way because that's that's what they've done the last few years. Well, I, you left out the offensive line and yep. and that first series, Preston Smith was given Jason Peters all he could handle, and it looked like it might be a long day for the Eagles' offensive line against the Packers' pass rush that was kind of. One of the stories of the league for the first three weeks that the Packers pass rush was reinvigorated, rejuvenated, and they were for real. And and they got shut down in this game. And instead, you had a Packers defense that just left Jordan Howard open out of the backfield to be a pass catcher and didn't really cover their tight ends well at all. So a different Packers defense than we saw the first. Yeah, three weeks. They, they were. They still for, forced, you know, four or five punts. They didn't have the big play they were really put on short fields you know the three touchdowns by the Eagles in the in the first half in a row were all 45 yards or a total I think of 80 yards on those three touchdown drives so they were put in a bad spot and in Philadelphia capitalized and they got a little lucky let's be honest Um, Nick Barnett could have been thrown out probably should have been thrown out of this game for a helmet to helmet hit uh, that knocked Jamal Williams out. That certainly hurt what the Packers want to do. Williams had played well last week, and they want to run the ball. So that's a huge break. Barnett ends up getting a strip sack on Rodgers, which they convert into a touchdown. And they got uh, fortunate not to have a big pass interference call turned against them on third and long that would have kept the Packers going in the first half when they just seemed like they were going to score every drive. And you were losing your mind, Chris. I mean, it was... Um, I just got to say, you know, me, I don't think since Antonio Brown, I, I, we haven't seen you as worked up as this. Well, <laughs> this role is exactly, it's being played out exactly how I thought it was going to be played out. It's like the old catch rule. You cannot have a rule that asks the viewer not to believe what his eyes are telling him. Mm. And everyone who watched that play said that's clear and obvious that the defender is hindering the receiver from making a catch. And Al Riveron goes on Twitter and says it did not meet the qualification for being clear and obvious that the receiver was hindered from making the catch. That's my eyes tell me different. And I think most people who are watching their eyes tell them different. It's a farce of a rule. It's only going to last one year. Wow. And there was some like haywire kind of exorcism where Al Riveron cast out of my mind the willing suspension of disbelief necessary to buy into grown men chasing a bag of wind around a park after that play. I just, the rest of the game didn't matter as much to me after that. Are you listening out there with this extra podcast? This is goddamn poetry. He's just ripping this off off the top of his head. He's like, uh, he's like the, he's like a beat poet in 1969 (laughs) right now. He's flying Chris Wesseling. We should have a beat poet on the competition committee to add a little common sense. Uh, It was a tough one. I, I always try to, you know, not overreact to these things. Don't send the tweet if you're not going to really provide any clarity that, you know, that didn't provide any clarity what Riveron said. If I was going to try to interpret what's happening here, I think they see the plays as bang, bang in real life, as a judgment call in real life. And that when you start slowing it down like crazy, that they're still almost using this is such guesswork. Yeah, I guess it's crazy. It makes us pretzel. Why they're still using the thought that hey, this isn't clear and obvious, you know, when it's when it's live and it and in a way I I think we're not quite at the total disaster that you predicted in the offseason. Oh, it is. And it's a it, total and disaster. It, and it's definitely not going well for the NFL either. I think it's somewhere in between and much closer to, to the you know initial prediction that you had. What I would say is the coaches are being discouraged into 
challenging any of these calls unless it's the most obvious that thing would be in, one thing in if the they world. were consistent and but they're not mostly consistent. been they, consistent i've seen i've seen much less overturned and i've watched every single game much less has been overturned than what happened on that play and frankly the one that happened to the eagles receiver alshon jeffrey should have been a, a dpi talk too you you cannot show these replays to people at home and then waste their time by showing them something that they know is a penalty and then not overturning it. You're just wasting everyone's time. I, I can't argue. And uh, it, it supports... Hey, can I say one more thing about this? I mean, you, it's, you, it's you, your podcast. It's you, just the two of us. No one's going to stop you. It never made any sense to me that some one judgment call is reviewable, but others aren't. So you watch a game and you see a judgment call get overturned which we've seen in the first few weeks, and then other judgment calls ruin the game. For instance, the Broncos-Bears game on the, on the roughing the passer call. Mm. Why are you allowing some judgment calls to ruin the game but not others? It's a fair point. And I think your theory that it might only last a year in part because the officials don't seem to like it, and Al Riveron, I think, doesn't seem to like it. And if you were a Common con- sense hates it. And if you were a conspiracy theorist, you'd almost think that Riveron is Bearing the rule by never overturning things because ultimately they want. I would prefer that than the inconsistency that we've seen so far. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it it, it also slows down the game. This was like a. You mentioned this was the total football experience, and it really was because you had, you know, great quarterback play. You had controversial play calls that you could question, and then you have the, you know, these brain injuries to start and end the game and it's just like this is football and I think if you're fr- if we still loved watching it but I can take myself outside of uh, an an avid like overzealous fan and understand if if I'm just being introduced to this game and the and when it's at its peak with 1 minute left in the game Andrew Sandehu comes in here like a flying missile and has friendly fire against his own teammate and you have to watch a guy get a serious brain injury, and the game stops, and he's stre- and there's two guys being stretchered out in the game, including one, you know, right one, and then you pick rack, bite right back up, like that is football. Unfortunately, that it's is jarring kind of experience, and and it's and it sucks. It's jarring, and you mentioned if you were a new watcher, I think any new watcher would be blown away by how fast it is, and just in the time since we started following football, for me in the 1980s till now, how much faster the game is is remarkable. Mm. Well, I think ultimately uh, they put on a show. You can't ask. You can't ask for more. And it, it was a big game in the NFC. I mean, the Cowboys. I know it's early, but they they might have had a chance to go run away with this NFC East. And uh, the NFC North certainly likes seeing the Packers get an early loss. I think the Eagles. They do have the pieces if they can get healthy, get a couple players back. Deshaun Jackson, Timmy Jernigan. They can get things together, and it'll be a lot easier to do out of a two and two hole. If you don't have anything else, Chris West, I don't know. You know, we, we're here at, you know, West Manor. I don't know if you have anything else planned here tonight. I thought you put a nice bow on there. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, we're, you know, we're not Mark and Dan. We're, we're Wes and, and Greg. We're, we're going to have our own uh, feel to this uh, little, what do we call it? Mini pod, extra pod, mini pod, free freaking content in your ear. Eat it. I mean, love it. Extra podcast every week. We're going to be doing it on Thursday nights. We'll be, we will be back on Sunday night, of course, for the flagship program where we recap all the week for games. I can't wait for it. And uh, 
until then, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure, Chris Wesseling, spending this night with you. Anytime, every Thursday, you're all welcome here at Westman. I mean, we had to, we ordered some nice pho. We, Lakeisha, and you know, this is this was the squad tonight. Uh, again, Eagles, 34-27, still talking. We will catch you on Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.